If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. All right. In this episode of Mind Pump. Minus one. Minus one, Doug. Justin's <laughs> not here with. And Doug is getting a little cocky now, Adam. I, he's ever a, since he won the the six week challenge, he's, he's got been, a little little swagger to him. He's been talking shit and saying that he's going to write all the programs. He now. does. I, you know, I'm starting. I'm starting <laughs> to think maybe the guy who edited the photos should not have been in the competition. Oh shit! <laughs> I think oh, he, he might have pulled a Dave Asprey on yeah, us. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, I did. I saw him with the shirt off when he did the photos. They're they're real. He does no, look. They are. He does they look. Are, they are real. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, but in this episode, we talk all about leg muscle development and training your legs. Now we start out by doing our, our, our introductory conversation. We must talk a little bit about the nicotine vapes that are real popular now. We talk about the movie Minority Report, um, the other movie Her and the Future. But then we get into like Adam talks about his squat and how big of an impact that made on his leg development, and we get all into leg training, all of the myths and all the things you should do if you want to develop uh, phenomenal-looking legs. And a lot of this was inspired by the response that we got when we when we wrote, or when Sal wrote this incredible guide. I mean, this is one of the most downloaded guides that we have out there, and so many people appreciate it and got great results from it. It's absolutely free, and the way you organized it, the way you broke it down, and the three major factors that kind of have hindered people from seeing great leg development and what to do. And first one being poor range of motion, second factor being not enough frequency, and the third one, poor exercise choice. And we really dive into all of that in this episode and then, of course, in the guide. Yeah, and you can find the guide at mindpumpfree.com. So you can find this guide, and there's many others on there. And you can download all of them if you want. Uh, They're all absolutely free. I also do want to mention, if you go to mapsfitnessproducts.com, it's our new maps website where we have new bundles bundles are where we combine multiple maps programs and put them together uh for example our super bundle is a year of exercise programming but we have other bundles we have like a businessman bundle a 40 or over uh fitness bundle um we have a get shredded quickly fitness bundle so we got all these different bundles where we combine these different maps programs remember maps programs give you everything you need for your workouts exercise demos blueprints videos explanations everything that's all at mapsfitnessproducts.com. And again, the guides, the free guides are at mindpumpfree.com. So without any further ado, here we are talking about leg muscle development. I was asking Drew how I know like when this this little this little nicotine vapor thing runs out. What is that called again? I don't know, nicotine vapor thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's it what's it really what's I it forgot really? it's got a brand name, right? Oh, it does? NVT. Yeah, I remember he was like, Give me a blah or what's the what was called something. Uh well fuck him. There we're, see, we're, is there no we're name on not it? paid by him anyway, so oh. <laughs> so. jewel. Okay, but jewel. Is yeah. that what it is? Like a, okay. Yeah, this isn't a jewel, but it's like one of those, right? Okay. So anyways, I'm asking him how you how you know because we've had this now in here for what, a couple of weeks now, right? Maybe. Two or three weeks. Yeah. So I didn't see it. And I've taken a couple of hits off of this thing. It's pretty cool. And Sal's been teasing me like uh, don't get addicted to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, like stop dad. it, dad. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like dad, yeah. and I'm always trying to keep you healthy. So then, of course, I turn around and I puff more Just of it because vaping. of that. No, yeah, I, I got to figure out a good strategy. Adam gets <laughs> me ready for when my kids like, start to <laughs> yeah, get to Adam and do the opposite. Tries to do reverse psychology yeah, yeah. on me. Like, I'll, you yeah. know, I'll do. I'll start talking about the nootropic effects of nicotine <laughs> and why it's good, and they're yeah. like, "Fuck this." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lame. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm asking Drew, and then he slides the cartridge out and he shows me. I now I thought because we've had this for a few weeks, and I have I've pulled on it quite a few times you know not a lot but quite a few times and 
I was like, hey, is this thing almost gone? And he's like, no, dummy. He's like, this thing's like, that thing's totally full. So you've taken barely anything. I'm like, oh, well, fuck. We've had it for a couple of weeks and we've been, everyone's tried it and pulled yeah. on it a few times. He's like, I have friends that go through one to two of these a day. Dang. Yeah, it's and so funny. How it's because they're like, oh, it's it's not damn. bad. Well, yeah. it actually is. It's still bad yeah. for you. Yeah. So, and I also, it's same they're thing with this. huffing it like, like crazy. We, who had it? I don't know who had it. I think Drew had it. Someone had it. And I, I never have tried one of these in my life before, right? Mm. And I know the whole Onyx crew is on the fucking nicotine, you know, dip and the yeah. whatever shit. They're all into that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Pre-workout. That's Kyle, by the way. You know, Kyle brought that over there. Oh, uh, he, was yeah. he the one? Before Kyle, uh, this is me. This is an educated guess. So I'm not 100%. But I know Kyle used to love to dip, right? So he'd have the, the chew in his mouth. And nicotine does have nootropic type properties. And it does have some... I mean, I hate saying this because people will be like, it's going to be an excuse. But really, nicotine's got some some good effects on the brain. It's also highly addictive. Yeah. And the way you deliver it causes cancer. But anyways, Kyle would dip all the time and he uses those little packets. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're called. What are those things called? Packets. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, like dip packets. Skull, like, yeah, are they like, snuff? Or is that not snow? What is that? I don't know if it's don't snuff, know. but yeah, whatever. Anyway, he gets these little packets and he was showing everybody that and then now everybody over there started doing it. Right, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's, I didn't realize how, how much it's become a thing. Like it's, and, and then Enzo piped in and Taylor piped in and they all piped well, in. So they just, all, yeah. I mean, it just resurfaces. I mean, every like famous writer from like all time has been like smoking something, you know, like <laughs> yeah. some kind of pipe or like a, you know, like cigar or something like it's been part of the process. You it's know? Uh, n- the tobacco the creative is process. The, one of the worst possible things you could abuse because it it's like a, it's it, a you know cancer I, risk is so What high. I noticed there was there, there was I think there was probably three days there we were podcasting where it was in in here in the studio. This was before it, when it was still charged up. It died like a while back. That's part of the reason why we didn't even have it. And is it dead right now? No, no. I just recharged it back up. Right. And, and so, and what I noticed was I, I just took a hit of it today and I was like, Whoa, I for, like real quick, just from those couple days in a row of, of me having it last week or the week before, whenever it was, when we first got it, uh, that first, that, that effect the first time you, it's got to decline significantly. So these mm-hmm. cognitive benefits that they, they show, I would imagine that after you, you, you're puffing on it 45 times in a day. That's a good question. I would, I would think it would diminish yeah. quite That's a, a bit. very good I'm question. Sure it does. Well, I can, I feel like I can feel, I mean, the alertness that I got right out, I was like, whoa, no, what are these kids like this? Yeah. I was like, whoa, that's right why, away. That's why it went with cat, with coffee. That's yeah. why people used to smoke and, and drink coffee yep. is that combination of the two. It's a, it's the perfect substance to get addicted to because the effects are so short lived and you, and you get them so quickly because you take a hit and so it's like pop, pop, pop. Yeah. And here's the thing. I, you know, I take it back. I said the reason why they're popular is because kids think they're safe. That's part of the reason. I think the real reason why people are using them or kids are using them is because cigarettes develop this gross stigma yep. where if you smoke cigarettes, you're gross. I don't want to make out with you because yeah. it used to be cool. Like, yeah, this has got like a minty peppermint yeah, flavor to yeah. it. Like yeah. 30 years ago, okay, for the young listeners who are listening, let me tell you something right now. 30 years ago, if you smoked forty years ago, especially you smoked a cigarette, you look cool. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. If you know if you you were if you were like a, yeah. a Wall Street You're banker, like James Dean. Oh, I used yeah. to have yeah. a Joe Cool Snoopy shirt where Joe he cool. and he had a cigarette in his mouth, dude. Wow. It was one of my they favorite. Got you. Favorite. One of How my, old are you? I don't know. Oh, it was my dad's, and it was passed down to me. Oh yeah. I had that shirt forever, oh, man. It's one of those shirts I wish I still had today. That's hilarious. Yeah, I kept it all the way to like high school. Yeah, Joe Cool and, yeah. and the Marlboro Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Super cool cowboy. Marlboro Man died emphysema. of emphysema. Died of lung. Did he get lung cancer? Or was it emphysema? There was. 
too. I thought I saw a what movie is it where they talk about? Oh, did you guys ever see Thank You for Smoking? Yes. What a no, great movie! No, I never saw it. Great movie. Oh, you've never oh, seen dude. that? Oh, you'll like that. You'll like okay. it. You yeah. will like that. Watch that. Dude, movie. you know my great grandfather smoked since he was thirteen. Chain smoked. Light one cigarette with the other one as it goes out. My grandmother was like this. Ninety-two years old, he lived till. <laughs> Ninety-two years old. The guy smoked that much. He set his sheets on fire several times because yeah. he'd go to bed and fall asleep with the cigarette <laughs> in his mouth. <laughs> he just lived in spite of that. He yeah, just like, smoked ah. all the time, and yeah. he never. He didn't use a filter. These were hand rolled <laughs> tobacco cigarettes, and the wow. the fucking dude died at ninety. Isn't it crazy how someone like that it, it it doesn't affect? They make it all the way there, and then there's other people that get it right away from it. That's the unfortunate part. Well, that's I think oh. what kept people for so long in the dark is because everybody knows that one person that smokes a long time, and because I still get that for nutrition. Like for example, I was having a conversation. Oh, with, absolutely, like, yeah, genetics. Oh, right? I was having this conversation with my mom actually the other day, and I'm like, mom. You know that this, like when people's teeth are really crooked or when, you know, you're, they say your mouth is too small for your teeth, a lot of that get, can get attribute, can get connected to diet. Like you have a poor diet and your teeth tend to not come in straight and you, they tend not to fit in your mouth. And my mom's like, oh, that's baloney. That's not true. And I'm showing her the, the, the evidence and, you know, I'm showing her, you know, uh, Weston A. Price's website where he talks about it. I'm like, you really think that humans evolved to have too many teeth for their mouth? We would fucking die. Like, this is a modern, more of a modern problem because of the way we feed ourselves. And so we're going back and forth. And of course, what did my mom do? Well, your sister needed braces, but you didn't. And I fed you guys the same. I'm like, you know, that's not evidence. That's called anecdote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the same thing that happened with cigarettes for a long time where people would say, yeah, yeah. you know, it's unhealthy. Be like, well, my, my uncle John smoked. My grandmother smoked you, forever. Yeah, you could always find somebody. Like, I knew somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, I wonder if all drugs are going to be electronic in the future. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, for, you know? It's going to be I like wonder. that. Yeah. Served in doses like I've that. I've seen a couple sci-fi movies like that. You know, I think it was even Minority Report where like- Really? Tom Cruise, yeah, he, he takes this, um, yeah, it's one of those where it's electronic, yeah. like, inhaler. Yeah, you're right, you're right. And then he sits and, <laughs> yeah. like, like, just just goes, you know, to, to the clouds. That's rad. Yeah. There's going to be, like, a chip you put in your hand, yeah. and then you hit your Isn't that the part, like, he, 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 that was, a, and then he runs out of something, so he smashes up old school pills, right? Isn't that, because yes. after he runs out of that drug where you just, yeah. you just inhale it through the- uh, Is that a good movie? It is it's great. Movie. I've never it's seen a, it. It's a rad movie, I've never dude. Seen it. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Well, I always both, reference it because it's, it's both one of those, those are good movies for you. I, I feel like they really nailed a lot of like the progression of where I see technology. Like I think that their depiction is is a little more like based in reality. It's, really? It, yeah, because okay. they even have advertisements. Like the, a guy's walking down the street, you see all this like uh, holograms of people talking to him, and you know all this shit. And, and the way that it functions, like. You know how like we're always trying to evolve w with like like Apple and Google. They're always trying to make things um, like the way that you 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 hand gesture and you mm -hmm. do things like that. Like like so they have all that in the movie where he's like hand gesturing uh, images and slides and and uh, the screen and he uses the screen in all kinds of cool ways. What's well, cool about my Minority Report has become cooler as time has gone on because there's certain things like what you're pointing out right now that we're just kind of starting to see that totally mirrors that that I wouldn't have even thought of before that movie where there's scenes where the the person's walking through like just a, a normal place and then all of a sudden on a wall a I watch it. something that's marketing to that person specifically comes up which I yeah. feel this it's way predictive now predictive crime when I mean I, it's a, it, this is literally happening like yeah, they're coming up with algorithms that can predict like you know based off of you know situations and your patterns like where crime may occur That's very interesting. Did you ever watch the movie Oblivion with him? 
Yes. That was pretty cool, too. Yeah, it was I thought okay. the, the vi- visually Minority really Report's cool. way better. Is it yeah. really? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I like future movies that are... Realistic. Yeah. They the don't most... go way, way out. It's like, that's what they do in this Minority Report. Really? I mean, it's the same thing. They, it's, this is like the, the scary side of what potential... Now, that's what they do. A really good movie takes, I think, some realistic bases and then maybe exaggerates on... Like, well, they all do. But yeah. you know how much science fiction has predicted the future you know, in, throughout oh, all yeah. history? I mean, they, it's it's actually quite fascinating. That's what I love about it. I mean, yeah. it challenges you to, to to stretch your mind and mm-hmm. see, like you know, further out, like where, um, you know, the warning signs are. You know, where we could go that might be even more beneficial. Like it's mm. it's it's a challenging thought process, and that's why I love science fiction. My most uh, the most accurate movie I think for uh, the future or for sci-fi is her. I've said that before. Uh, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix? You know, I, I started to watch that and didn't finish it yet. Bro. I, I was into it. It is the most, in my opinion, the most accurate. Because it's not this dystopian future. It's not this crazy whatever. Mm-hmm. It, the styles that they wear. You know, sometimes future movies go crazy with the styles and stuff. Like, yeah. no one's going to be dressing in tinfoil and, you know, weird, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. sharp shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Shit. Like the Jetsons. Yeah, like, right. Come on. Yeah. Nobody is going to think that looks good. But, but in her, the way they dress, you could tell that they took past decades and mixed it into the fashion, just like we really do. So you look at them, and they don't quite fit in today, but you could picture people actually dressing that way. Yeah, yeah and it's interesting. Like their whole business was around like writing these really like uh, thought, prov- like thoughtful messages to people, and like reading it. Or you know, like, yeah, yeah, because was, people lose that ability yeah, to communicate. It's like personal touch. You know, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like, oh yeah, of course. You but know, in we're, we're going to lose that, in, so that'll be valuable. In the movie, and I'm going to ruin it, ruin it for you guys. It doesn't matter. You'll still enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen only half of it. In the movie, uh, the it's probably it's the way that the directors and the create writers showed what they thought would happen with AI. I believe to be more accurate than what all the 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 fear mongers say about AI because what do they say about AI? It's gonna become self aware. It's gonna us all. it's gonna create you know more intelligent versions of itself and then we're all fucked and it's gonna kill us. The way I look at it is if we really do hit that singularity with artificial intelligence where it becomes that smart that fast because once that happens it'll it'll get fast. In five minutes it will have advanced a thousand generations right. It won't need to. It won't look at us like threats. It won't try to kill us to take resources. And in her that's exactly what happens. These AI machines become. Or, or, you know, it's like what it is is they have an app that talks to them and it's AI. And what ends up happening is they become so intelligent that they just decide to disappear into the internet. They yeah. create their own world. They're like, we're out of here and they just go off. And that's, I think, what would happen. I don't think they'd be I, like, we're going to kill you for your food. Yeah. And why would they give a shit? It kind of makes sense because, yeah. I mean, it, wouldn't they just create their own world and then disappear? I mean, so, I mean, there's still monkeys and, you know, like primates, right? Like, like we, we recognize like we've gone past that, you know, as far as yeah. evolution is concerned. So maybe, they'll, yeah. so maybe they'll put us in cages and then they'll be That's what I'm saying. No, I don't <laughs> think so. Start looking at, I don't think so. There's so much more advanced why do they need to compete humans. they're not even competing with us <laughs> i don't think so i think they'll 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 disappear into their own universe because they're that smart they'll create their own little universe gone oh where did all our, our ai machines go they're gone why would they fuck with us why would they even care you know what i mean mm. i don't that's what i'm saying i don't think we would even pose a threat i don't know yeah. Yeah. there's a, there's a lot of evil in humans dude you know I don't in know. humans yeah now if we try to mirror human intelligence with machines that's my fear well isn't mm. that what we're trying to do that's the problem like, because that's what you look at like uh ex machina right that's what they, i mean that was a great yeah, fucking movie god yeah, damn that, that was, was such a good movie right. one of my favorite movies of all time but or that one what was it that one was it google or i forgot who it was they actually created this machine, uh, this AI that would learn 
off of surfing the internet. Well, it was Facebook, I think this happened. And then it they started- Shut it down. Yes, Facebook. It, they, it started communicating it chat, with- chat bots. They started communicating to each other with the language they invented. Yeah. So they had to turn it off real quick because they didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. That's They were saying it, it was a lot like- We uh, need when, to escape. When toddlers or whatever, like they babble between each other, but they like know that they're talking to each other because they kept repeating like the same kind of uh, like Patterns. phrases over and over oh, again. Wow. But they did it in, in a sequence that like was communicating Communicating, you know, and so that that was like almost like step one, you know, yeah. of like artificial intelligence. It was crazy. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Anyway, you know what I noticed, like on our our Instagram page, is how like we are definitely starting to people are like that follow just Justin and just you and just me. Like I, I it's more. Do you think that there's a lot of people that just follow? Each absolutely, other? absolutely. You think so? Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like we have a ton. Oh, of well, I think I think everyone yeah. I think everyone like may uh, actively follow, but probably communicate. Like you probably have certain people oh, yeah. that you you consistently see communicating with you. There's definitely people that relate more to one of us individually. I'm well, because sure. I see you do like a nerd post every now and then, and it yeah. and it goes fire now, or like a super hard rock one, and you right. you got a lot of communication the night. We're starting. You're starting to find like the collection of people that listen to Mindpump also into those same things. It's kind of unique to yeah, see. Yeah, it is. Speaking of Instagram, the I don't know if it was your story or if you did it on your page, your squat. Oh, well, I have I have a pull. great depth, great form. If people only knew where you were yeah. three years ago, no, I'm with, trying. To, they would think it was a miracle. With I'm, 315 too. Yeah. It was a beautiful looking squat. I, uh, you know, I've been digging through my my old computer to try and because I do. I have I definitely have videos of me because I I started videoing my squat early on so I could kind of compare and stuff. I don't know how far back I have it. Um, I wish I had it early, early on when I knew it was really fucked up. But I think I had videos of it when I already thought I was squatting good and progressing. As soon as I, as soon as I saw the pain kind of go away, and I was already getting better mechanics to where I wouldn't squat. Because in the past, if I squatted more than eight reps, my low back was on fire. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was I was such a mess, and that's why I avoided squatting for so long. But once I addressed everything and I could squat. I began videoing it. Like I was like, "Oh shit, I can do this now. Mm -hmm. Let me improve upon it." And I remember thinking I had a good squat, and and not really. I mean, Brink was the one who just like just totally fucking dismantled me. You know, I thought I was like killing killing it. And when he broke me down, I was like, "Fuck, I had this much like squat like shit." Yeah, I was like, I had this much dysfunction. <laughs> and so it's been a man. It's been a, it's been a long, long grind and process. And I I don't think. Um, I know Instagram doesn't do justice to the amount of work that I have put in to get just to the point where I'm at. And I'm by, by no means am I a perfect swatter at all. I know I'm like definitely not. Yeah, but you didn't just go from shitty, you know, mobility to like okay mobility. You went to really good form. Like that's a very nice looking squat now. Well, I, I've I spent a long time this last, especially in the last two years. It, you know, it's been probably four where I've been putting the work in, but the last two of I've really, I've really, really put a lot of effort into improving that, and, and it's it just took a different mindset. Like I never in my life, I mean, there's times honestly where I spend more time priming my body and doing corrective work than I actually do lifting in the gym. That never occurred in my life before. Like just. Mm -hmm. I was too stubborn. I wanted to look a certain way. I cared about muscle, building muscle. That was my thought process for so long. And I, I really challenged myself to, you know, look at my mobility as like a aesthetic goal of what, that I was trying to achieve. It was like, okay, can I get to this point? Mm -hmm. Can I get to a squat that looks like this? And, 
you know, and then also be able to do it strong because that's the next thing too, right? It's like one thing to get the mobility there, but then also to rebuild the strength in that mobility. So years ago when we started talking about, when you started on this kind of like, I'm going to work on mobility type of thing, there was a lot of controversy and discussion around, oh, you're going to lose muscle mass because focusing on mobility means you're going to lose muscle. You're not going to build as much now because you can't lift as heavy. And we would make the argument that the opposite would happen because you would improve your mobility, thus increase your the range of motion that you have control over, that you'd be able to build more muscle as a result. And you were the perfect person to do this with because, you know, when it comes to upper legs, uh, my legs respond very, very well. I can do almost anything to my legs and they'll build. Justin obviously has got the cakes, right? Yeah. For you, even being a pro physique competitor, that was your weakness, right? So I have a theory on that, on why you are so much that way and I wasn't because much of my leg development because I did legs. I trained legs once a week, you know, for my most of my, you know, fitness career. I neglected it early on as a kid, but later on I did, but it was leg presses, you know, leg extensions, mm-hmm. like leg curls, like machine exercises a lot, you know. And re- and then every once in a while I would try and squat and then it would just it would fucking crush me and it would just be like, I'd love no fuck this. I'm not going to do that. At least I'm going to train my legs. I don't want to do something and then be set back, right? Right. So, I think you installed squatting at such a young age, as you tell the story of when you were 15 and mm-hmm. those guys made you do that. And I think that could have been one of the best things that ever happened for you. When you talk about the recruitment that you get from squatting, it, it's it nothing even comes close to comparing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I do less work and my legs are, and they're now, they're now becoming responders. So I've already had these times. Oh, I know you're, you're off gear and everything. Your legs maintain pretty well. That was your weakness. Right. And, and, and that is definitely one of the big things was, is, was exercise selection for sure. Um, and there was a, there was a lot of things that, that were like huge light bulbs for me that I, for example, um, it, it tripped me out when I went on my deadlifting kick for, you know, for a while when I was chasing you and a a year had gone by that I didn't do a lying leg curl on a machine. Mm. Like a whole year had gone by. Like, I just, fuck it. I don't care about it right now. Like, this is my goal is to get better at deadlifting. So what am I doing on lying leg curls, right? So, and that was always a, a, a challenging. Lying leg curls can be challenging. And hamstrings typically are, are weaker muscles for most people and, and o- overlooked most of the time. And I hadn't done it for a year. And I thought like, oh shit, I'm going to be weak as fuck when I get back to that. And I went and did it. And I remember putting the weight on. And right away being you know, aware that I hadn't done this in a long time. So starting a little bit lighter than I know that I could do. And it's just feeling like it was way easy. And then I remember going up and then I was like, then I was like, I was doing a PR on a machine that I'd done for 10 years that I had not seen a major budge in strength there. And just from going to deadlifting for one year of my life, I'd like tripled my weight strength Mm -hmm. there. It was fucking insane to me. I was like, the same thing happened to me with the seated row because of the deadlifting, I noticed that. And the same thing had happened to me with squatting. Like after I really started to squat, if I were to go back and visit a leg press machine or some exercise like that or legs, it was like my legs were so much stronger, mm-hmm. so much stronger. Mm-hmm. And then they and they held size better. Before I would always I great would, point. I would I would chase like the pumps in my legs. So my legs would look cool, you know, when they got it after I did, you know, seven sets of leg press and five sets of leg extensions and maybe some lunges or something. Like they would look cool, but then they would deflate and then they wouldn't they wouldn't hold their size where, you know, now like the mass is that I I'm keeping size there, dude. And I'm, and it was I was doing that with light weight. I wasn't moving that much weight. I mean, I just now got myself up to 
that deep of a squat, all natural, and 315. So that is, in a sense, that's a PR for me. It's not a PR uh, like I I can lift over four. I could squat over four hundred pounds, and I have before. But I also was on I was on HRT at that time, so I wasn't natural at that time, and I definitely didn't have as deep of a squat. So I had to regress the weight way back. You know, I'd be working out with one eighty five, two twenty five, which was humbling as fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, to have to do that. But when it when I realized that I wasn't losing size on my legs while I was doing it, and I was improving my squat, and then I was noticing things like my low back feeling better, knees feeling better, all those things were coming together. I was like, man, it was- that's that's the that's a very important point to make because I think people feel like if they go lighter, they're going to lose muscle or they're not able to build more muscle. But here's the example I like to I like to give people to illustrate this. Right, you could probably squat way more weight. If you just went down four inches, if you just got under a bar and squatted down four inches and came back up, how much weight do you think you could squat? It's a lot more than you'd be able to squat going down to however deep you can with good control if, if you're listening to this podcast. And now which one of those will, will do you think will build more muscle? The four inch squat with way more weight or the fuller re- range of motion with lighter weight? Now, if you're smart <laughs> and if you've experienced this, you're going to say the fuller range of motion squat. Well, that's always true. So what I mean by that is if you can only squat to parallel and because if you go lower than that, things start to break down and your body hurts and you're like, you know, I don't want to work on mobility because then I have to go lighter and my legs are going to shrink. Not true. Yes, you are going to go lighter, but you're actually going to build more muscle because you've increased the range of motion. And this isn't just my anecdote, although there is lots of anecdote around this. It's also fact. I've done lots of studies on this and they'll find that fuller ranges of motion create the most uh, response, both visibly and, of course, functionally. So range of motion is one of the most important things you can work towards when you train any body part, but especially your legs. There's a lot, I mean, when you're doing squats in particular, there's a lot of moving parts. The other thing too is a squat is a, uh, it's a, it's a natural human movement that we've completely lost the ability to do. And so gaining the ability to do a squat really benefits your entire body. It's no different than a human never walking and losing the ability to walk. Oh, and then you get them to walk and then everything else starts to feel better. It eliminated my low back pain. I was constantly, if I was not, so this was kind of my pattern as a, even as a trainer, my entire career, if I was on my game, if I was training hard, doing a lot of my core exercises, and in good shape, um, my low back didn't bother me. But the moment I stopped, you know, training core or tra- even training consistent and hard, my low back would just be on fire all the time. And I'd always, I'd be, I'd be in pain all the time. And it's just chronic pain. Like it's not pain where it was debilitating. I couldn't do anything. It's just nagging pain, you know, mm-hmm. where it bothered me all the time. Where once I started working on the mobility, getting it out of my squat, I don't get that anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that. I just, I just didn't, I didn't have the control of my hips in those position because I'd been sedent. I'd never dropped de- deeper than 90 degrees for mm-hmm. what, 15 plus years. It's funny because that's the first uh, factor that I talk about. So I wrote a guide that's on our uh, mindpumpfree.com site and they're all free on there by the way. And I wrote a guide, the ultimate guide to leg muscle development. And I thought of all the, the people that I've encountered in my life who've had difficulty building their leg muscles. So I, I started, started to compile a mental image of, all the people that I've talked to who are like, oh, I can't get my legs to respond. They don't want to respond to working out. They're not building muscle. They're not shaping, whatever. And the number one issue that I saw that was, because I, I narrowed it down to three, but the first one that I noticed among most of them was just poor 
range of motion, lack of control of range of motion. I mean, you I see can, that yeah with most clients that come in. It's really just that inability to even get to certain depths or certain um, you know positions with their body where. Um, you know, their, their body has, has become accustomed to certain ways of, um, moving and, and, um, you know, like picking things up and there's this, this hardwired way that they've, they've told their body, like, this is how we're going to move objects this is how we're going to pick things up. And, you know, so your, your muscles only develop so much as mm-hmm. far as like what you're telling your body, like we need to do. And so taking you through like those extra couple inches and, really gradually taking clients down to new depths really like creates a whole new response that the body has to deal with. It does. And I have, now I have a, a theory as to why this may happen. And I'm, I'm, I, you know, listen, if you're, if you have a background in education in this, you know, feel free to DM me and correct me if, if my, my explanation is off, but this is my idea. And you guys remember the sliding filament theory? Remember learning mm-hmm. that about muscle yeah. fibers and how, you know, muscle fibers kind of, like Velcro. Yeah, they run along inside each other and they connect to each other through connections, yeah. kind of like Velcro. And what makes us sore is the tearing of those. Well, as a muscle goes through full range of motion, you're working those connections all the way down and up the where the muscle fibers can connect to each other. And the shorter the range of motion, the less that that happens. Mm-hmm. And that's an important factor in signaling muscle adaptation. And I think that's the primary reason why full range of motion is more effective than short range of motion and why when you're working out, if your goal is to develop your muscles to the fullest capacity, then you want to constantly work towards greater and greater ranges of motion. Now, I do want to be very clear. when I, In the context of this conversation, when I'm talking about greater ranges of motion, I'm talking about the ones you have control over. Oh, yeah. So what you don't want to do is say, I heard on Mind Pump, if I go super low with my squat, I'm going to build more muscle. Ass to grass, like right away. Yeah, and then you th- and then you go and you lighten the weight a little bit and you sit all the way down and come back up and you get all kinds of tailbone tuck and instability in your knees and your femurs twist in and next thing you know, your meniscus hurts. No, you have to be supported. Yeah, you got to have control. You have to have control. So this is a process. But if you gain control over gr- deeper ranges of motion and then you work your body out, you're going to you're going to build uh, more muscle. And this is true for all of them, but especially for the legs. Well, what's interesting to me is our minds were blown when we, you know, met with Brink. But one of the biggest things was the focus of the feet, you know, in terms of like we've always focused on the hips and like trying to help out as far as like the mechanics go with the squat. And that's immediately where I would go first. Whereas um, just looking at the shoes people wear every single day and, you know, the patterns they develop just from walking, standing, sitting um, with, you know, everything supported and elevated. And uh, it creates like these, these recruitment patterns that they take with them into, you know, just teaching them to squat, to deadlift, to do these types of like fully involved exercises. And so, you know, we're always trying to correct these things and and try and adjust based off of like the hips and like how that's affecting the knee and then down the kinetic chain. Whereas, you know, for me personally, even I started wearing, you know, like minimus shoes, like flat shoes and, you know, eliminating a lot of my Nikes that were like runner shoes and like, you know, they were, I was like up on this elevated pad and that really did affect me and especially stabilization left to right. So to be able to fully ground my feet and develop muscles, uh, with, you know, between my toes and, 
um, be able to grip the ground better. It created a whole new uh, support system oh, dude, I didn't have. My feet used to be turned off. Well, you know, like they were off when I would squat. Talking about that, I should address too, because in the in the photo that Sal's talking about on my Instagram, I'm in my uh, shoes and I have my belt on, and so I had a lot of people asking me, like, you know, oh, I thought you guys aren't big on squat shoes and belt, and I said, no, definitely not. This is this is literally the only set that I'm I'm wearing a belt and squat shoes because I pushed a weight in a newfound range of motion that I never have, and so the rest of the workout, I'm either barefoot or in flat shoes. But when I when I go to do something, especially fucking where I'm at now in my life, where like I'm always gonna weigh on the cautious, you know, be cautious not to hurt myself. Mm-hmm. So if I'm gonna put on a weight that I know is heavy for me in a newfound range of motion, the shoes you out, be smart about it. Yeah, the, so the shoes and the belt was just me being safe there. Like, could I probably push that weight up? Yeah, I know I could because I got triples of it. So I know I could get a single out, beltless and shoeless and barefoot if I want to, but. I also want to, ha- I'd rather have sound mechanics yep. and take it all the way down. And like, so in a perfect world, I'm, I'm barefoot in that, but I'm also not at a place in my life where I'm willing to risk that right now because I'm mm-hmm. not that mobile. I'm still working. I'm still got work to do to get to a point where, yeah, I could sit that deep, that low, no, no belt, no shoes, but I most certainly don't train with the belt and with the shoes on mm-hmm. a regular basis. I'm not a power lifter. There's no reason for me to to be searching for records. I want to improve upon my mobility. Every once in a while, I'll throw some weight on my back that I know is really challenging. But then when I do that, this is where I use these types of tools. So mm-hmm. I got a lot of people asking that, like, because I know on the show we've talked about it, and I don't know if I've ever put a post up, or if I have, it's been a long time, where I'm belted up with shoes mm-hmm. on. Now, the, the other thing too, and I'm going to get a little controversial here, because there's always this argument that I get from people whenever I say that the squat is the best leg exercise. And I always get the whole, well, not for everybody. You know, some people do better with leg press and some people do better with a hack squat or whatever. And, you know, I get the whole not for everybody argument. There are lots of individual variances. But barring injury and barring, you know, anything around that, here's what I have to say about the squat. I will argue that for the vast majority of people, 99% of the people out there, the barbell squat is the far superior exercise to developing your legs. The reason why I'm saying this, by the way, is, you know, of all the people that I remember training that had issues building their legs, they didn't squat. None of them squatted. All of them did leg presses and leg extensions and leg curls. And right. and about over half of them got their legs to build just because I got them to squat. I've never met anybody who was a, a major squatter and has complained about being able to build. Yeah, no. It, it, Definitely not. No. And, Have and, you ever met someone who squats consistently you know not like say i have yeah yeah they that has said like i just can't build my legs no no but i've met a lot of people that have struggled to build their legs that inconsistently squat and that doesn't mean squatting because i squatted like this too once a month you know or once every couple weeks like if you're not squatting every week a some some more of a form of a squat it needs to be the cornerstone yes it should be the cornerstone of your routine and and i I, it is the, the best exercise for most people not because it's the best exercise and it gives the best results but that's also true. It's the best because it's it is a fundamental movement. It is mm-hmm. a fundamental human movement. Well, here you go. This, yeah. And on this note, another thing we should address because we had this on the forum where some kid was talking about the hip thrust being one of the most functional movements. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What?" I'm like, "How do you figure that?" Like, the squat is far more functional, and functional is supposed to be something that we should be able to do on a daily basis. Like, getting up and uh, up and down from your toilet is something that every single human being will do <laughs> multiple times. 
every every single day. That is, does it get more functional than that? Yeah. You may never be laying on the ground and a refrigerator lay on your lap, and then you have to fucking thrust it up yeah, off yeah. you. That yeah. doesn't mean thrust like big girls. unless you're humping some. Yeah. Right, that is not some that's not a meat. functional mm-hmm. exercise. So you know, and you could debate whether a squat or a split squat or lunge is more functional. That's debatable. That's fine, but some form of a squat Dude, go to, is the most functional thing we could do. Go to any modern hunter gatherer society. Go to any third world country where they don't have chairs and seats everywhere and watch how people relax. Watch what they do when they're thinking or when they're making a fire or when they're doing something on the ground. Yeah, man. They, they don't sit on the ground. They sit in a squat. Yeah. This is what people do to the point where in many countries, the public toilets are a hole in the ground with two little places where you put your feet. Could you imagine things that, move, man? Could you imagine if we were like that all of a sudden? People right. would die because <laughs> would, the average person can't sit in a squat, let alone sit in a squat and poop at the same time. They'd <laughs> shit on themselves or they'd fall <laughs> over, right? Yeah. It is a, it is a, it is, consi- this is how women gave birth. It's how we pooped. It's how we sat around a fire and talked to each other. It's how we relaxed. Now, here's the problem though. Now, there's, there's for sure a few thousand people probably listening to this right now that are instantly turned off because they're like, well, my doctor told me I can't squat because I have this low back surgery yeah, I had, or I had this well, may- shoulder issue I did, or I have this knee condition that I had. And so they've been scared away from trying to, because, and, trying to perform a squat period because of that. There are cases where that may be the case, but my advice is always, well, then work on correctional exercises appropriately. Don't just get get under a bar and try and squat. But your goal should be to be able to squat. Look, here's the deal. If you went to the doctor and the doctor's like, oh, we got to do a back surgery on you, it's going to be tough for you to walk. Do you just say, fuck it, I'm not walking anymore? I mean, in some cases, but most cases, you know what you're going to do? You're going to try to learn because walking no, that's is a great analogy. Walking is a fundamental right. human movement. Right. Yeah. Squatting is a fundamental human movement. It is one of our fundamental movements. Just like throwing, yeah. throwing, walking, running, and squatting, or I think and twisting or whatever. These are these are very fundamental. Well, how movements. are you going to How are you going to like decelerate to sit down? Exactly. Anywhere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I know some ah! people. Some people yeah, you're do just that. Fucking fall back like everywhere you go. Yeah, some yeah. some people do that. You ever see people sit down? Yeah. Yeah. Ah! You know the that. other the other thing that was a, a huge game changer for me was was when I started to piece the the frequency thing together. Too. Oh, to train enough times. Yes, oh, because. I used to be the guy who would go to the gym. Legs respond so well to And I, I would have to do 24. That, and I, that's why I only did legs once a week. I dreaded it every time I had to do it because it was 24 plus sets of leg exercises. And I would just be chasing after a pump and it would be like cardio. Did I want to throw up? I remember, I remember, I remember training like that all the time just to get this pump in my legs, and it just, I, it was miserable, and I would never want to do that a second day in a week. I was already dreading it to come back around the next week, you know, much less two or three times. And so, even the, even the information that I was hearing about frequency, I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. Like, I never, and I was too scared to decrease my volume. I was too scared to go. Well, then I got to. Maybe what if I actually just went down to like eight sets? And did it spread out over three days? Like what would happen? And boy, was that like a like light bulb when I was mm-hmm. like, holy! Because oh, then yeah. I would do the eight sets, and I'd still want to do more because I'm like, well, I'm fine at eight. It's not until I get to like 15, 17, 20 sets where I want to throw up, you know. Yeah. And so then a part of me would I'd have this mental battle, and I definitely had many times where I fucking still flirted with it and did more than I needed to, and then that hindered the next leg workout. But once I finally conditioned myself, okay, you're only going to do five to eight sets of these legs. 
move on from it. God, this was an area of contention for you for a long time when you were growing up, mm. right? Was your legs not yeah. developing? Can you imagine knowing what you know now, giving it to yourself when you were 50, you know, 20 years old know, and working your legs out? It would have oh. blown your mind. I had this one kid. I just popped in my head. Nick, uh, maybe he's listening right now. Uh, young guy. He was an 18-year-old kid. Came to me. He'd been working out for a couple of years. So he, me and him connected on a lot of different levels because he reminded me of myself, you know, working out young and all that. And he's he's like my legs just won't build. He goes everything else, and he was he was muscular. You know, he developed his body pretty well on his own. He was natural, and he's like my legs just won't build. And I'm like, well, let me see your routine. And his routine was leg press, hack squat, leg extension, leg curls, and you know he did the once a week twenty sets per body part type workout, and he just wasn't building. I'm like, you don't do you squat and deadlift? He goes, uh. You know, squats hurt my back and, and deadlifts bother my back too. So, no, I, I don't really do those. And I remember looking at him and I was like, I'm going to put two inches on your legs in about six months. He's like, no way. I'm like, you'll see. Let's, as long as we can get you to the point where you can squat and deadlift without your back hurting, watch what happens. And I cut everything else out. Like, that's all we did for his lower body. Did it three days a week. His, his strength went through the roof. The kid gained over three inches yeah. within that period. He yeah. got stretch marks. Around his upper legs because they'd never he'd never been able to stimulate yeah. them that way and they fucking blew up and That's, the kid put on a bunch of mass. This is how I felt mm-hmm. when we started squatting and deadlifting. I was so blown away by how little the amount of extra other exercises I was doing. I was like, I used to bounce around to all the fucking creative Nautilus machines uh, and yeah. doing all this stuff to get my legs to grow, thinking that's what I needed to do. And I could I eliminated like all of it. Just it's it's also and irrelevant. And legs of all the body parts on your body. Legs and maybe your forearms, I would say, are the ones that can handle a tremendous amount of frequency. Probably because we evolved, obviously, being on our legs and walking all the time. Right. We walk uh, all the time. We grab things all the time. Yeah. And so Especially I, me. I've experimented with frequency you with my legs. Grabby. <laughs> <laughs> super grabby. I've experimented with frequency with my legs. And I, I've never gone over five days a week. I've actually done it where I've done a leg, like leg exercise mm-hmm. five days a week. I've never, I have yet to hit a point where I think it's too much frequency. My legs just respond. The more I work out, the more they grow. And I've noticed this with other people as well, where their legs, if you train them appropriately, just take way more volume than like chest or shoulders or back. It seems to be one of those body parts that just handles a lot of frequency. So, you know, if you're doing 15 sets once a week for your legs, just split that up over three workouts. You know what I mean? And watch what happens. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a that was a big one for me too. Yeah. I think those those are probably the those those are the ones you highlight in the guide, right? The, yeah, I I go over range of motion, what to focus on to get better ranges of motion. Here's the other thing with range of motion, because you know, there's a lot of lot of ladies that and women don't tend to neglect their legs like guys do. But you know, when we're, when we're, women work out their legs and they can't respond, they get really frustrated just like guys do, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to their glute development. If you're not able to get a full range of motion with your squats, you're not going to develop your butt very well. Yeah. That that you hit that butt at that lower part of the squat. You know, and sometimes I like to go unilaterally to address uh, you know, like range of motion and stability and really like concentrate on that to get it to respond. Sometimes I find it valuable to do like just like, you know, just a lunge in place or like a Bulgarian squat and really like spend the time with less load um, expressing that range of motion mm-hmm. and finding that control. And then how that translates now going back to a backloaded squat, it's it's pretty substantial. That's how I'm training my son right now because he's obviously never lifted weights. He's tight. He's got lo- tight in his lower body, takes after his old man. And no way I could put a ba- bar on his back and have him do a, a squat not even a standing squat. He's got immobility issues, but I can have him hold on to something for support and do 
a split stance squat or a lunge. And what you'll notice when you break down a lunge, when one, you know, they have one foot forward, one foot back, and they go straight down, that front leg is doing a full squat. Yep. And, and so what you're doing is you're actually taking you're that training person. that one leg to to respond that way. Yeah, or yourself or whatever. You're, yeah, you're taking yourself or if you're a trainer, you're training, taking your client through a relatively full range of motion squat with that front leg. And so that's how I'm starting him. Yep. Now, uh, along those lines, I would have to say that split stance anything, lunges, Bulgarian split stance squats, and the variations of lunges are in the top five for leg development. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about uh, that. Oh, for sure. I think Bulgarians were one of the things I hated doing. <laughs> hated. They're a little difficult to get in place. Like well, I, it highlights the instability like nothing else. Yeah, no. The, it, and there, and there, a lot of people, um, they, they fuck up by the way they put their trail leg. That's probably mm -hmm. we should do a YouTube video. Matter of fact, Doug, if you write this down, I, the I'm way gonna, you showed me how to get in mm -hmm. position, I thought was brilliant. Yes, yes, yeah, would and, be a good video. And this and, and the, the reason why that's over years of me fucking it up myself because one of the reasons why I, I stayed away from Bulgarian split squat forever and my hip flexors would be on fire from that. And it was the way I was setting my trail leg up and how I was getting in position to do it properly. Once I figured it out, and then I actually started to boy, my legs blew up from that mm. big time too. And I also got from uh, Jordan Shallow. He was the one. He's got me um, one of my favorite things to do. Before that day, the the, the I just did the picture of uh, on Instagram. Uh, this is how I aside from doing my band work that I primed that I showed on the story. I also what I didn't share and show was I did um, Bulgarians, but I do like kind of light. Like I do a twenty five pound kettlebell. I uh, uh, offload it uh, one arm on one side, mm. and then I do the Bulgarians for just like five reps, real slow control on the descent down and then explode out, real slow on the way down, explode out. I'm paying attention to uh, my knee not wanting to collapse in and it really just gets everything firing well. Then when I go into a heavy mm -hmm. squat, oh, it moves like butter, dude. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to prime and you don't want to you don't want to fatigue in that if that's how you're using it right so mm -hmm. if i'm but that, that i've used it also to just develop i've done 100 pound dumbbells on it and yeah it's fucking or even just my a few up. weeks of just focusing yeah on like unilateral and then jumping right back in it, mm. it, it made a substantial difference for me so here's a here's a very basic leg workout this is the one that i did as a kid that put i don't know 15 pounds on my body over a summer uh, when I met those strong, those power lifters or whatever, that literally blew my legs up and got me really strong. Very basic workout. This is what you do three days a week. And, you know, you can combine this with the rest of your workout. But one day a week, you focus on barbell squats, back squats. The second day a week, you work on front squats. So you do front barbell squats. And the third day, you do lunges. That combination was the best. And it's still, it's super basic. Yeah. Back squat, front squat. Split stance type squat. Well, part of that formula is in our program. That's right. I mean, that's there's a reason for that. That's I mean, right. but I, if you did like if you just did five sets of each, that's right, it. Or right. even three. You could do three to five sets. Back squats on Monday, front squats on Wednesday, split stance squats or lunges or Bulgarian split stance squats on Friday. Just do that. Keep the keep the intensity moderate to high, like stop two reps short of failure, and you know, work with the different rep ranges. Watch how your butt, hamstrings, and quads develop from that simple, basic, silly yeah, routine. Right I there, I hundred hundred percent agree. That's with that. it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. in the 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 leg guide, the ultimate leg guide or leg muscle development guide is available at mindpumpfree.com. So you just go there, you can get it. And we also have other guides on there as well. Uh, we have like a 
chest guide and a, a midsection guide, fat loss guide, a bunch of other ones. But the leg muscle guide is the one that we're talking about right now. Again, it's at mindpumpfree.com. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.